We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Twenty minutes a day. 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of a Pack a Day Podcast. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thank you so much for making this part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host on this Sunday, October 12th, 2023. It is game day once again. The three and five Packers visiting the five and three Steelers. Gage, welcome back to the show. Uh, we missed you last weekend, and um, well, you missed a winner, uh, but uh, great to be back in the win column for the Packers. Uh, nice win over the uh, what? Brett Rippin. Yeah, the, the fighting Brett Rippin. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, good to get a win. But like, you know, let's temper expectations. You know that. Hey, you was, know what? You play the team that's in front of you. That's yep. that's and, what it and, is. You can't. And and I will say with you know we all have looked at the you know we looked at the the Raiders game and the Broncos games and those were like head scratchers of like hey man those are bad teams and you got to win. And you know what? Yeah, the Rams were a bad team last weekend. But you know what? Good teams beat bad teams facts and so and by no means am i saying this packers team is now good but i mean you got to take you know first of all with a young team build where you can right like this is a the youngest roster in the league and they got to learn how to win and that's feels like that's what they did last week last week was way more consistent right like the first half like they actually picked up first downs on their first drive it was impressive it was, yeah, no, that never happens. I, which is sad when we're at that point of saying that. But um, Gage, we're, yeah, Packers are in Pittsburgh this weekend. The Steelers are 
a three and a half point favorite, depending on where you look, um, which, you know, essentially in this day and age is home field advantage. Now, this is an interesting game gauge because the Steelers are five and three. Um, You know, they're always thought to be it feels like the Packers and the Steelers are similar franchises in the sense that they always seem to be very stable. Um, You know, they're both very well-known brands. And, they, you know, while they aren't always uh, teams that blow you away with, like, big big name free agent signings and stuff like that, they always just seem to be consistently good. Um, and, you know, this it's weird, though, because Pittsburgh's 5-3, and three, but you if you've watched some of their games, you wouldn't probably guess they're 5-3. and three. They, Not to say that they're not a good 5-3 and three team, but I look at this game – and the way the Packers have played now, the Steelers have a hell of a defense. Um, but it, you know, it, it seems like a winnable game on the surface if they could just score like 13, 16 points. Like that feels like that's all you need. So, random fun fact, by the way, uh, can you guess the Steelers' uh, point differential off the top of your head as a five and three team? As a five and three team, their point differential, I'm going to guess, is. Minus eight. Close. Minus 30. Um, yeah, the entire is- AFC North is uh, above 500. The Steelers have a point differential of negative 30. The Bengals are negative seven. And then the Ravens and Browns are both in the positive. The Ravens are plus 115. They have blown some teams out because I think that that might be the best team in football right now. But yeah, that is amazing. Neg- minus 30. You've been outscored in total this year by 30 points, and you have a 5-3 and three record. Yep, and that'll happen when you uh, see. They lost to the, to the Jags by 10, and then they lost to the Texans by 24. And then they lost opening weekend to the 49ers by 23. Yeah, that'll do it. So... Like they, because uh, I was sitting there and I'm like, I wonder how many like fraudulent teams. Because that was the big thing last year was the Minnesota Vikings were negative point differential, despite being like, a, like twelve and five or whatever they finished up at. And the Steelers are, Steelers right now are the testament to what a good coach can do for you. Mike Tomlin is if not the best coach in the NFL right now, he is on the very, very short list of that of that spot because for a long time that was Bill Belichick's spot to lose, and I think he has lost it, and I think that there are a few different guys scrapping for it, and I think that Tomlin is the clear leader in the clubhouse for that right now. He just – I mean, that's the whole thing with him is every year his team goes over 500. And they're on their way to doing that again simply because Tomlin coaches them up to get them to that point. Um, I sit here and I look at the Steelers roster, and on the offensive side of the ball, you have Najee Harris is pretty underwhelming. You have Kenny Pickett is looks like he will never be more than just a below-average quarterback. I think that's all he is right now. Sorry, Steelers fans. That's just where I'm at. And I think most of them would agree. Uh, Kenny Pickett does have the ability when the fourth quarter hits and he's able to just kind of – the game speeds up but slows down for him almost, kind of like 
you know, like those scenes in racing movies when a guy like is like driving 200 miles an hour, but it looks like everything is going in slow motion for him. That's how it feels like Kenny Pickett. Like you're in the two minute drill. You got to go quick. No timeouts. We're just trying to get down the field. It looks like he finally is processing the game correctly. And that's why in their fourth quarter, I don't know their point differential in that period off the top of my head, but I know they perform much better in the second half of games and the fourth quarter of games than like any other team. Um, like, and that's just the, that's how they, they do sing things similar to green Bay where green Bay falls asleep for the first half and then shows up in the second half. The Pittsburgh just pushes that even further and they go in the fourth quarter. They just, that's where they make do all their best work. Um, I think the green Bay is the, the more talented team when everybody's healthy, but with just the injuries that they have right now, I'm a little spooked, especially because you got George Pickens who has, um, squeaky wheel syndrome this week uh with everybody has seen his uh twitter posts and deleting everybody on instagram and not following and then uh, refollowing everybody and it was just it was an error and it was no you were mad and you deleted everybody because that's how you wanted to voice your frustration and george pickens and deontay johnson can they're, they can have have to put up some numbers against uh carrington valentine who played very well last week don't get me wrong and then uh, I can't even remember who the other corner is going to be uh, it, in it, this game it, off the top it, of my head. Valentine and Valentine, isn't it? Yep, that is right. Yep, it is. Yeah, Carrington Valentine and is it Corey Valentine? Corey Valentine. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so, so very similar names, first yeah. and last name. Yeah. So the George Pickens has a chance to have a very good game, and Deontay Johnson is just since he's come back from injury, he's looked great every week. So I'm a little spooked uh, by that matchup, just on the offense, often like or on defensive side of the ball for Green Bay. I, you're going up against it. While Kenny Pickett's not great, he can hit Deontay Johnson and George Pickens if they get open, or he's willing to throw the ball up to George Pickens. Like he's shown all year, he's willing to do that. And Deontay Johnson just gets open all the time. Right, and you know, for I agree with you on your assessment of um, Kenny Pickett, but. I, I think we can all agree that even though Kenny Pickett may not be, uh, you know, a starting caliber NFL quarterback for the foreseeable future, I think we can all agree that he's probably better than Brett Rippon. Is that safe to say there, Gage? That's safe to say. I mean, it's again, it's not saying a ton. Right. It is safe to say. The point being is that. Yeah, you know things looked good last last weekend against the Rams, but you know, you're you're he was released after that game, which is which is all you need to know. So you're playing a better quarterback this week. Let's get into the injuries uh, just a little bit real quickly here, Gage. Um, Jair Alexander listed as doubtful. I don't think anybody expects him to play, um, which is why we mentioned Valentine and Valentine as your starting corners. Um, which man, that um, not great. Uh, as far as, you know, you would have liked to have had Stokes and Alexander and, you know, they traded away Rasul Douglas at this point. But, um, you know, uh, Valentine is obviously he showed some promise last week, but um, always got to wonder how much of that promise is due to the fact that he was playing a quarterback that is now no longer on an. Well, actually, I shouldn't say he's not on an NFL roster because he was picked up by the Seahawks this week. Um, but um you know, Jair not expected to play. Quay Walker also listed as doubtful. Uh, probably are not expecting him to play. Uh, Kenny Clark and Rudy Ford um, 
Both lists is questionable. Now, Gage, here's an interesting question for you, and it may seem like an obvious answer, but uh, given the depth, I don't feel like it necessarily is. If you could only have Rudy Ford or Kenny Clark for this game, who would you take? If I could only have Rudy Ford or Kenny Clark, who would I take? I'd take yeah. Rudy Ford pretty pretty easily. See, and that's why I – because the safety depth right now for Green Bay is not great. Um, and as great as Kenny Clark is, it feels like his absence would be more um, – you'd be able to cover it up a little bit more with the surrounding pieces than the safety position. But, I mean, hopefully they both go. Uh, but they're both listed as questionable. And then Yashinaiman, uh, the only offensive player listed – uh, uh, as questionable here. And then on the uh, Pittsburgh... Uh, John Runyon is also listed as questionable. Oh, Just, John, the injury... Yeah, the other starting offensive lineman. Yeah. Oh, and then Josh Myers, the uh, center, also listed as questionable. Just well, I'm not sure what injury report you're looking at. I'm looking yeah. at the official team one. I'm looking, that has, at, I'm looking at the one on ESPN. One would oh. think that ESPN would have, you know, an official injury report, but I guess... No, guess I'm looking... Can, no, the official team yeah, injury report, I'll just run through it very quickly because... Uh, Nick has covered most of it. Uh, Jerry Alexander and Quay Walker, both doubtful. Uh, don't expect either one of them to play. Kenny Clark, Rudy Ford, Yo Schneiman, John Runny, and Josh Myers, all this is questionable. And then Christian Watson, Aaron Jones, and Elton Jenkins are all uh, expected to play. No injury designation for any of those three players. Which should be big on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, it's amazing, Gage. Uh, good things seem to happen when Aaron Jones touches the ball a lot in the game. Um, as opposed to, you know, getting like eight, ten touches. So uh, and then quickly on the Pittsburgh side of things. Now, Gage, you might have to help me out here because clearly ESPN is not a reliable source anymore for injuries. Uh, Montravius Adams, former Packer, is not playing uh, today. And then Mika, Fit- Mika Fitzpatrick also out. That's uh, a big time um, plus for for this Packers team not having to face him. And then um that seems to be all that I have as far as anybody of note for Pittsburgh on their injury report. Yeah, otherwise they have uh, Elandon or Elandon Roberts, uh, who's an outside linebacker for them. He's got no injury designation. Uh, Cam Hayward, a veteran defensive tackle, uh, limited Wednesday and Friday. Didn't practice on Thursday. My assumption there is just he's older, so they're just giving him a day off because uh, so, I believe he's. I don't know his exact age off the top of my head, but I know he's uh, he's 34. So, yeah, that was probably just a rest day more than anything. And then Nick Herbig, uh, linebacker, also no injury designation for them. So a pretty healthy team, all things considered. Uh, another, like, so I mentioned that Deontay Johnson can have, will have a strong matchup on those on both the outside corners in Valentine, Valentine and Valentine. I also forgot to mention that he does a lot of work in the slot, which is where Keyshawn Nixon will be in. Nixon's been picked on a fair bit this season in the slot, so that is a matchup that'll definitely be interesting, especially with Quay Walker out whenever Green Bay tries to pass him off in zones. You can't let Deontay Johnson get loose because he's not the biggest, like, big. he's not a big play guy, but he will just rack up 10 catches for 100 yards before you blink, and you're like, how, how, how did that happen? How do you do that? Because he just gets the ball a ton, and he just churns up yards. Like, he finds the open space – and Kenny Pickett hits him like Pickett uh, and Johnson's. That's his primary read every single, pretty much every single play. So, um, I think. And I, one other thing I forgot to mention was so with Kenny Clark being like, if I was picking one or the other between him and Ford, I still want Kenny out there, obviously. But I also have to factor in the Pittsburgh run offense is not that's not their strength. 
hasn't been all year. Najee Harris traditionally had like his yards before contact has been one of the lowest in the NFL since he entered the NFL. It's it's sad. Like he gets hit in the backfield pretty much as often as AJ Dillon does. So I think that um Ford, you just need him out there, especially with all the injuries you have at corner. You need as many healthy, active secondary bodies as you can get. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey everyone, as we know, the Packers are currently going through some in-season blues, but if you're like me, you might be going through some end-of-season or holiday-season blues as well. I know for me, there's so much going on during this end-of-season rush that I feel a constant strain of pressure, anxiety, sometimes even loneliness. What I've personally found, however, is that through all of those dark and anxious feelings, therapy can be a bright spot and even something that I look forward to on a weekly basis. Talking through my concerns with somebody who is able to understand my struggles and suggest helpful techniques for dealing with those feelings has been a revelation for me in my own personal life. Through therapy, I've become a better version of myself, a happier person, a more thankful person, a more positive person, and those feelings of anxiety are far less prevalent and I have so much more enjoyment in my daily life. If you're struggling with something in your personal life and haven't had the opportunity to try therapy, maybe now's the perfect time to do so. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is entirely online, is extremely convenient, and is flexible to your schedule and needs, and all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Packaday. Absolutely. Well, Gage, let's uh, segue in real quick to uh, some key matchups. Let's start on the uh, offensive side of the ball. What are you keeping your eye on today most uh, on the offensive side of the ball for the Packers? Uh, I'm I'm interested to see if uh, Jordan Love is able to stay on schedule and on script like he was uh, last week. I think that that was the big reason why Green Bay was so successful in that game. Uh, yeah, obviously the running game was huge. 38 carries, 184 yards on the ground for them. Uh, Aaron Jones, 20 for 73. Emmanuel Wilson had four for 43. A.J. Dillon even got in on the action, was nine for carries for 40 yards. But the big thing for me is Jordan Love went 20 for 26, 228 yards and a touchdown. He got sacked four times, uh, and some of those weren't his fault. Some of them were. I think there was a couple times he held on to the ball a little long, and there was a couple times where just he wasn't able to get, like he had no time. But that was the highest completion percentage of the season by far uh, for Love. The next closest was against Denver when he was 21 of 31 at 67%. He completed almost 77% of his passes last week. Wasn't as high as yardage output, but it was his second best quarter or like rating on the year at 115.5. He needs to get rid of the ball and find his receivers and stay on schedule. That's the big thing I've noticed with Love is the, when he's holding on to the ball a little too long, trying to do a little too much, trying to always find that deep shot. It's like, hey, man, I get that Aaron Rodgers did this a lot the last year. That wasn't always the thing that we needed to do. So just stay on schedule, get the ball out. Because this Pittsburgh defense, there are deep shots available, but you can find zones in like against them. They Their, fr- their strength on defense is up front. And then with Minka out, they are a little softer in the secondary. You have Joey Porter Jr. has been a stud this season. I don't want to take that away. Uh, but then you have... Shannon Sullivan, former Packer, he's not been too stellar there. Patrick Peterson on whatever legs he has left uh, back there. There is there is ways to pick on this defense. They have been – they give up the – I believe it's the fourth or fifth longest yards per reception uh, to opposing wide receivers. They give up big plays, but 
it's just specifically stay on schedule, stay to what worked. Because what worked for you last week was getting the ball out, letting your receivers make plays for you. There's too many athletes on this Green Bay like offense to not focus on just getting the ball to your receivers and letting them do things. That's the whole point. That's the way this offense is built. The offense is built to get the ball out and let them make plays. Outside of Romeo Dobbs, all these receivers have after the catchability. So get them the ball in space and let them go do make a play for you. If you, like you don't have to take the big shot. If it's there on first down, sure, take it. But don't take it. Don't just think I have to take the big play attempt because I hack because it's there. It's like take take the six yard gain on first and the second down, and then move on. Extend drives, wear the defense out because those big shot plays are going to be there. You know that you're going to get them scripted up for you. But just focus on staying on schedule and attacking these corners well. Joey Porter Jr. is good. I don't know if he's necessarily got the speed to match up with a guy like Watson. And so I think the big play shot, big shot plays will be there but focus more on staying on schedule because that's what worked last week. And I think that's how you can win this game, even though your defense isn't, might not be as stout as it's been the last month. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, for me, I'm going to be keeping an eye on just offensive penalties. You know, last weekend against the Rams, they had the two fourth and ones that they, that they picked up and were nullified due to. Okay. This is the first time I've gotten to talk about that on, about that in public. Those were ridiculous. The, the, I, I understand, I understand what you're going for NFL. I get it, but you can't tell me that he was in front of him. You can't, you just, you simply can't. Cause there's other plays that go the other direction where guys are lined up clear as day ahead of the center. Nope. Doesn't get called. Why? I understand that Green Bay is a sloppy team this year. It's been exceptionally bad. I understand a large part of that is due to the fact that they're very young. But come on now. You can't sit here and tell me that they're that they're this that they're this bad. You can't tell me that like there's that that was that bad because there was plays in the Eagles game, which is where this whole push gets talked about, where guys are lining up further in front of Jason Kelsey than John Runyon was in front of Josh Myers. I understand yeah. that he may have been close, but come on. Yeah, well, and, and I mean, what, whether you agree with the, the penalties or not, they, they are self-inflicted wounds, and, and those would, I mean, those are definitely when you convert two fourth and ones like that and they get nullified and you end up punting. I mean, those are big momentum shifters. But, I mean, I just want to run through here real quick. Green Bay has been penalized 60 times this year, and I just, week by week, just want to run you through the total count of penalties that they've had, and it, it's just killer. That number seems low. I'll be honest with you. Uh, well, like you say sixty, and you're probably right. It just sounds wrong. <laughs> which is which is sad. So week one they had nine. Week two they had seven. They had eleven in week three, and then they dropped it down a little bit against the Lions in week four. They only had four penalties, and then they dropped it against the Raiders down to three. And then against the Broncos, it went up to seven. And the Vikings, it went up to 11. And last week against the Rams, it was eight. Um, now, that's total, you know, offense and defense. But, you know, this is one of those things offensively I'm looking at for the Packers. This Steelers defense is too good to be putting yourself in in holes with penalties. Um, and with the inconsistency of this offense, like, you know, last week looked, looked good. But, you know... I, the Rams defense is not on the same level as, as the Steelers defense. And so you can't be putting yourselves in holes. And when you convert things 
like fourth and ones. I don't know how how much they're going to do that this week, um, but um, you know, it just you you got to stay ahead of the sticks. You can't do self inflicted wounds like that. Um, and so offensively, that's what I'm going to be looking for. Um, minimizing those penalties. Uh, you know, Green Bay has got to be one of the most penalized teams in the league, if not the most penalized team. Um, and so just staying on schedule, like you had mentioned, Gage, and make sure that you're not shooting yourself in the foot uh, with some of these penalties. So um, offensively, that's what I'll be keeping an eye on. Let's flip to the defensive side of the ball here real quick, Gage. Um, defensively for the Packers, uh, what, are you, uh, what are you looking out for uh, in this game against the Steelers? Uh, so I largely already mentioned it, uh, but I'll go hash over it just one more time. It's it's, it's those it's the receivers versus it's the receivers versus the Den- or Green Bay's corners. Valentine uh, played, or or uh, Valentine played a, an amazing game last week. He played fast and aggressive. That's what you need to do. Uh, I love seeing guys do that. I love seeing guys get to play aggressive defense, uh, not playing off. I like seeing corners getting guys faces George Pickens is a big physical guy he likes you he likes when corners try to press him because he can use his size so maybe you give him a little bit more room but Deontay Johnson he runs a lot of those quick timing routes maybe you press a little bit you try and get up into him and you try and force the issue when they try and do those rub routes because every single team does it force the issue there get up tight and make the refs make a call because you're going to get that call a lot if you can make it clear and obvious that the receiver didn't try and run around and he just tried to block you. Also, you mentioned you weren't sure about uh, Green Bay's penalized. They are tied for last uh, in penalties per game. Uh, can you give uh, – do you got any guesses on who you think might be uh, the team they're tied with? It is a – I will give you this. It's an NFC team, and they have a winning record. It's an NFC team with a winning record. Yeah. Um, Oh, geez. Let me rack my brain here real quick. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Good job, sir. It is the, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, both teams averaging 7.5 penalties per game, uh, 30. And then right just ahead of those at 7.4 per game is the Buccaneers, with, uh, but they have a 3-5 and five record. So, But, no, I think that Green Bay's secondary versus these uh, Pittsburgh wide receivers is the big matchup to watch. Um, just that's where – like the like I said, Pittsburgh can't really run the ball. They can run the ball occasionally, but that's just not how they. That's just not their big thing. Their big thing is play defense and then hope that they stick around long enough that they're uh, able to pass their way into the game. Kenny Pickett, like I said, hasn't been that great, but if you give him open receivers like Pickens or Johnson, he can hit open guys. So I think that that's the that'll be the big thing is making sure that you play the guys how they're supposed to be played. Like I said, Pickens is more of a physical guy. He wants you to press him so he can take advantage of his size. Don't give him that chance. And then on the other side, Deontay Johnson, more of a timing guy. Throw off his rhythm, throw off his timing. So that's the if you can get Valentine or if you can get Valentine on him, geez, I'm gonna mess that up all all day <laughs> tomorrow. If you can get Valentine up on him and let him play physical and get in and mess his timing up, you can really alter this offense. But as we've seen with Joe Barry through the last couple of years, he's not always the quickest to pick up on things like that. <laughs> um, you know, Gage, I, I I don't like when we have the same thing, but I mean, I think uh, with Green Bay's defense right now, it's it, the 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 glaring the glaring hole. I won't call it a weakness just yet, but the glaring hole right now is without a doubt um, the the the, uh, the defensive backfield. Right. 
Um, we don't know if Rudy Ford's going to play. Uh, we don't think Jair's going to play. Um, you're starting two rookies. Um, I, Valentine, I believe, is an undrafted free agent, and I think Valentine was drafted in the sixth or seventh round. Uh, so you've got you know a late round draft pick and an undrafted free agent rookie playing you know as your two starting corners, um, and then um, just the safety position. It, it's it's a mess back there. It doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be bad, but it's definitely the one spot that you look on this defense. Like, I, I guarantee you, Pittsburgh all week has been looking at this, saying like, guys, like this is the one place that we can attack and attack and attack over and over and over again, and eventually we're probably going to get something for it. So, um, it's definitely the weakness right now on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but you know, we've seen guys step up before. Um, and, and make plays. I mean, you know, I, I think back to Sam Shields. He was an undrafted free agent, and he turned out to be pretty good. Uh, I believe Tremont Williams was also an undrafted free agent. Turned out to be pretty good. So just because they're young and either weren't drafted or drafted low doesn't mean they're going to be bad. Uh, but we just we haven't seen enough. We don't know. It's the big question mark right now uh, for this Packers defense coming into this game. So I think the one thing that you have to like uh, with the matchup is just simply the fact that while I don't think Kenny Pickett is awful, uh, he is not Hall of Fame material yet. Um, and so, you you know, you've got a little bit of um, a break there that you're not playing a quarterback that, you know, um, necessarily knows how to exploit, uh, you know, play in and play out, um, you know, these, these injuries that the Packers have in their secondary. So, um, well, Gage, let's get into predictions real quick. Uh, what do you have for a prediction for, for today's game? You know, I want to say that Green Bay is going to win the game, but I just can't do that um, uh, based on what I've seen from Green Bay this year. They've been just too inconsistent for me to come on here and say, yep, they're winning, no doubt about it. Uh, if, I, like, if I'm putting a prediction on this game, I think that both teams are going – I think it's going to be relatively low scoring. I don't know – the total off the top of my head, I know it's not that high just because neither offense is super high powered. So totals 38 and a half. I think that that's honestly a little it's going to it's going to end up going over because it would make sense for both teams to go under here. But I think that Pittsburgh ultimately wins the game. Uh, I don't think that they're going to score a ton of touchdowns. This game seems like a typical like 17, 13 type to me, like Pittsburgh wins, gets the cover barely. Uh and Green Bay just Green Bay has the ball late, can't quite score, comes up short, something like that. I know Packer fans don't want to hear that. They, I mean, everybody already thinks that I'm a fake fan here, so that's fine. But I just, I think Green Bay has the talent to win this game, and it just, I need, I haven't seen them give me the confidence that they're going to execute properly. That's that's where my issue lies. If I knew that the Green Bay that Green Bay was going to come out, even if they were going to be penalized a bunch, which I almost come to expect that at this point, anytime like anytime I see them make a good play, I'm like, oh, where's the penalty at? Where am I missing it? I expect Green Bay to have the Green Bay has the talent to win this game. I don't know if they're going to have the execution though, and for that reason, I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers because I think that they're the more well coached team right now, and they execute better. They may not have as much talent as Green Bay, but they are way better at executing right now. And, and what do you got for a score? Uh, final score, 17-13 uh, is what I had. 17-13? Okay. Um, you know, Gage, I'm right there with you. The Packers are 1-3 on the road this year. 
um, their sole road win coming week one against the Bears. And, um, you know, I don't think we can qualify that as impressive given who the Bears are. Um, but I, I agree almost with everything that you said. Uh, like, I think the Packers have a little bit more talent overall. Um, but man, they just haven't consistently put it together. And, you know, yeah, they won last week, but like, I just don't know how much I can buy into the win. Um, you know, with Brett Rippon being the quarterback, I, you know, I just don't know how much I can buy. I, I mean, and mind you, Gage and I both s- sorely hope that we're wrong. Like we want to be wrong that, that we, that, that we're picking against the Packers, but they just, they haven't been able to put things together on the road. Um, you know, penalties wise, you know, that's just been a killer for them over the last several weeks. Uh, well, all season really, but, um, I just, they need to, they need to prove to me that they can win consistently. Um, and I don't know if they, if they're there yet. Uh, I hope they are, but, um, road game Steelers are always well coached. Um, you know, I, I tend to agree gauge that it'll be close all game and it'll be similar to what we saw with the Raiders and Broncos, right? Close game, the entire game, green Bay gets the ball late, uh, down late. Um, and they just, they're unable to, to capitalize. So, um, I've got the Steelers winning 20 to 13. Yeah. So like we're both in the same boat, green Bay can get a, can get a little bit of scoring on the board, but not quite enough. Can't quite keep Pittsburgh off the board enough uh, with uh, some of the injury deficiencies on the back end. Uh, with all that being said, though, I do hope I'm wrong. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love to watch Green Bay win because there's nothing I love more than picking Green Bay to lose and then they end up winning. It's awesome because then I'm. It's not a big. It's not a big deal. I mean, you guys can be mad at me. I don't. That's fine. I'm. I'll. I'll be okay. I'm not going to lose any sleep over that. And I get to watch Green Bay win because that's what I want to do. I want to see Green Bay win. I understand most people are probably like, "Oh, you're probably in the tank camp. You, you want them to lose out." No, I don't. It'd be fun to have a good draft pick, but I would much rather watch Green Bay win because at the end of the day, that's what I'm here for. Yep. Green Bay is not bad enough for me to say tank out. If now, if they were like Carolina, Chicago, sure, yeah, lose out, absolutely. But they're not that bad. So I don't want them to do that. I want them to play. I want them to win as much as they can. Absolutely. Uh, you find all my work uh, where, with Rotoballer and Denver Stiffs over at my Twitter on, or on Twitter at GBridgefordNFL. Um, I do a picks column every Saturday morning, and then I'm doing a Film Friday column with Denver Stiffs uh, either every Friday or every other Friday. Took this week off uh, just for ha- just had some other time off. Uh, somebody else had something else to post, but it'll be up there pretty consistently. All right. Awesome. You beat me to it. I was just about to jump into that. So um, as always, you can find me on Twitter at producer Nick LB. Um, I just posted um, the Packers Rams radio highlight um, from last weekend's game. Uh, So you can find that on Twitter there. Um, I'll be doing the same thing with the Steelers. Uh, Hopefully it's in a win. It's a lot easier to do when they win. Um, But you can find all of that on Twitter. uh, Like I said, at producer Nick LB. So With that being said, thank you, everybody, so much for listening to the podcast today. Enjoy the game. CBS game uh, today, noon kickoff, so uh, plan accordingly. Uh, Thanks for listening. Keep it locked right here for the rest of the season. And as always, go Pack Go!